Scott. <coughs> Stop moving the mug. Uh, hey guys, it's Greg and Zach and Scott from Corner Church in Minneapolis, and uh, we're back with another Behind the Message podcast. Thanks for joining us this morning. Um, we're going to jump in pretty quickly here. It should be an interesting one. We seem to be in a weird mood today. Uh, yeah. Almost made it. <laughs> I was just throwing a basketball. But uh, But yeah. We're glad you're here, and we're going to jump into a conversation around the message that's going to be shared this week at all three Corner Church locations. We've been looking at Matthew forever, (laughs) for almost two years, and we're in the last two chapters. Matthew chapter 26, today we come across the moment where Peter is, well, all the disciples are called out. You guys are going to fail me. You're going to walk away. You're going to desert me. That's what Jesus says. And uh, Peter, after like awkward silence, steps up and goes, I would never. And then we bridge over into the Gethsemane story where they are unable to to pray or wait with Jesus uh, while Jesus is obviously earnestly praying. And it's interesting that we've, in our conversations, just talking about where we're going with this is that just we talked quite a bit about being able to talk big or maybe even to volunteer to do something big or important or great. But when it comes down to the little things or to simple, even uh, religious practices or spiritual disciplines, it's easy to just really, really fall short. And I know for myself, it's uh, I would I could be really quick to volunteer to go f- feed the orphans and widows, but to uh, pray quietly into the night could be something that I easily sleep through i pray through the night all the time (laughs) we do know that zach is better than all of us it's my number one number one habit practice praying through the night every night that's why i'm so sick right now (laughs) i would say this is a i guess a perspective that's new to me like it kind of feels like well if i just do the thing then why do i have to pray about the thing too like if i if I care about that person. Why don't I just spend time with them or help them move or like whatever that looks like. And uh, we typically, it's really easy to replace thoughtful prayer and bringing it to God with, with our actions and just the things that we think. And they're good things. It's not, it's not saying that you shouldn't do that. You should only pray. But I do think that it's a really interesting perspective. Well, going backwards and where we're going to go on Sunday is that, well, way back in the whole theme of the book of Matthew is that life relationship with, with God is through Jesus is an internal transformation as opposed to an external action. It's not a production. So Jesus is uh, calling into the question to doubt in the Sermon on the Mount, which for us was two years ago, talking about the Sermon on the Mount that um, Jesus saying, look, and you can give, you can pray, you can, not commit adultery, you cannot murder. Those are, those are good, but, but there's more. It's don't lust, don't be angry, uh, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, pray in secrecy, all these things, and internal. And when we think about, for me, when I think about, all right, Jesus, speak to me, tell me what you need, tell me what's earnest, and then I immediately go to, all right, now just I'll do it, I'll do whatever, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. And that's really why I feel like Peter is going, I'm willing to do anything. And then Jesus shows that, well, I know that you're willing to do, 
but the sleeping when they were called to pray or do something that wasn't the production showed that the internal change wasn't complete. Uh, maybe it's never complete, but um, what what's changed in me or what changes in me when God speaks to me or calls me is it's hard to put a finger on. I'm really good at saying, well, this is what I shouldn't do anymore. That's like Christian 101, the not do. But it's also easy to go, because God has spoken to me, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, I don't think Christians, me for sure, are good at knowing what internal change really is. Well, it's easy to see that at the outside. I think this is why we see the picture of the Pharisees that Jesus talks about as, you know, the outside is completely clean, but the inside is dirty. I don't think it was necessarily that the Pharisees were you know, intentionally just focusing on the outside. It's probably that they didn't know how to even focus on the internal because they were so focused on what was going on outside and we do it pretty naturally. So how do we really get away from the external when it's so present and focus on the internal when it feels so just ethereal and unknown and, and gray? It's a big, big question in all of it. Yeah, because if you look at a Christian in the face, Somebody who's trying, transformative, like their relationship with Christ is real. And you say, uh, God's challenging you, period. And then we would say, well, no, finish that sentence. God is challenging me to do, to change, to be, to, you know, stop doing this. It's just like, why is it that? We're so, I, I get, maybe it's rhetorical, maybe it's not, but why is it so easy to think when God speaks to us or challenges us, it's always about to external action something. Mm-hmm. And like you said, uh, the, the outside of the cup, the Pharisees, the Pharisees, the people that Christians love to hate uh, is actually so much more like us. So focused on the production and not the internal, but. I don't know if, if, if I'm asked or what if, if you're asked, you know, God is speaking to you, period, not what do you do, but if God's speaking to you, what does that do internally? I, uh, I listened to a podcast recently and they, he talked about, uh, he was talking about how we interact with other people. And he said, we often will trade relationship miles for physical miles. So we'll, we'll go do things overseas but never do them in our neighborhood and stuff. And I kind of like feel like this is, is that moment for Jesus. He's, he says to us and in this story, he's saying, do this thing, have deeper relationship with me, focus on building our relationship. And uh, the response is to not do that, but want to respond in action another way. Like, I wonder if God is often like, man, Greg, I wish we had a deeper relationship. And I'm going, well, what what should I do to make yeah. that happen? And he's like, spend time with me. And, <laughs> what uh, do you want to do? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but I but I went to church. I, I played on the worship team. I, I tithe. I, like, I did all these good things. And God's like, yeah, but what about us? Yeah. Yeah. The internal, it feels so boring sometimes. It feels so unworld changing where uh, we would go to God and ask, okay, God, what do you, what do you want to do? And if he's focusing on our internal, oftentimes it always goes back to the simplicity of connection and intimacy with him, which is a good thing, but it doesn't feel 
like, oh, we're going to go do this amazing thing. A lot of times God's just saying, yeah, come sit with me. Don't even say anything. Just just be with me. Or, yeah, listen to me or talk to me. Um, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, it's it's so uncomfortable. Our culture, we're so used to doing a lot of things. We don't make time for rest as people in America. We are always going. We are always doing. And well, we define hard. people by what they do. Yeah. What the first thing you say to somebody is, it's what, so easy to call them. What do you do for a yeah. living? Like, what's your job? What what good are you producing? And then we define them by that job title. When God's often like, let's just let's just be. Jesus is like visibly moved, like ripped about what's about to happen. And uh, we probably all have seen that in other people. Um, seen it definitely between the three of us. We've had moments where just we've seen the, a heavy moment for each other or heavy moment in each other. And then I'm so, go home. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when we, Jesus, what he says, 26, 36, he says, sit here while I go over there and pray. And uh, he took uh, a couple of the disciples with him. And then he says, I'm overwhelmed. It's quoted 38. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Again, <laughs> that's <laughs> the look in the eyes of somebody you love and respect. They say, I'm so sorrowful the point of death. This is an intense moment. And then he says, stay here and keep watch with me. And uh, like so much intensity going on there. And then the ask is to just to keep watch, keep watch. And, you know, if, if Jesus would have said, stay here and pack meals for the homeless, stay here and, um, you know, hand out invitations to church or stay here and dig a well for those that don't have clean water. Okay, we're at it. But then, but to stay here and keep watch, it's like boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good story to tell. What'd you do? Well, I sat in a room and prayed and yeah, that was it. Kept watch. Imagine going on a missions trip and that's, that's just the only thing that you're called to do. You're going to go to Honduras and you're going to sit in a room for eight hours a day. You're just going to be the person who prays. Like, what? No, we have to, we have to be out. we got to go do stuff. we got to go be with people. I think we miss oftentimes in the doing the simplicity of the connection of with intimacy with God. And again, it's not easy to figure out what that even means a lot of times. But what would it look like to sit in a room for eight hours and just pray? I don't know because I don't plan on doing it anytime soon. But and the, there's there's uh, balance. I think there really is balance. Yeah. But um, so there, the balance is that you could have somebody who takes the take watch to an extreme, and maybe it, maybe I'm wrong in thinking that is out of balance. But you could do nothing and only keep watch and miss something. But the same side, I would say that at least our culture, this is the corner church culture or evangelical or Christian that I know would be on the, our modern version is way on the other extreme of like, we don't, there's no time to keep watch or doing exactly what the disciples doing in the keep watch moment is when we go, I'm going to take care of me now, which is 
again, that was Jesus was asking them, pray, keep watch so that you don't fall into temptation. But we taking care of ourselves, we often do poorly and that we focus on what is really not most important. Here the disciples are like, pretty tired lately. Guess I'm going to sleep. <laughs> As opposed to taking care of themselves, realizing that was connecting with God. Yeah, because Jesus says, so you don't fall into temptation. There was There's an aspect of what Jesus is asking them to do that apparently Jesus knew what was ahead for them and knew it was going to be hard. And, uh, I mean, he, he even calls Peter out in it and, uh, and yet they didn't do it. And maybe the story would be different if they did pray. Maybe Mm -hmm. Peter wouldn't have denied Jesus. Maybe, I don't know. You can't predict the future. I mean, you go happen, go into the Old Testament when uh, the the Exodus narrative, where God goes, "All right, I'm done with these people. Moses, stand back. I'm going to wipe them out because they're just idiots." And Moses changes God's mind, pleads for them, and then God doesn't wipe out the people. Here, Jesus goes at, at the Last Supper. Goes, "Oh, you guys are going to fail me. You're going to fall away." What what if I, I don't know it, this is all I, I don't know what the point of the exercise is but wouldn't the story be different would God's mind have changed I don't think Jesus's death or crucifixion would have been different but what if what would be different if they would have pleaded no I don't want to fall I won't fail Jesus I'm earnest about God change your mind yeah. I think it's really great in these in the bible when we have these moments of people that do end up doing really great things uh have these really human moments of failure it's very helpful for me to be able to put myself in those shoes of maybe not like i don't know it's we do two things we either like idolize people like i can never be like that person or we say those people are idiots and i can't believe they got it wrong (laughs) and the reality is that we live in both of those moments of like we can look at Peter and how he denies Jesus and be like, you idiot. Like he told you, he predicted this. How did you not think about that? How did you, how did you still fall into that? But isn't that what we do too? We have these, like we have these really high highs where we're like, Jesus, I will follow you forever. Maybe it's when we're baptized. Maybe it's when we decide to start a relationship with Christ and then, we have moments of life that we we deny or we choose something different. And uh, I'm glad that Peter's denial isn't the end of his story. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're going to start off this week by asking a couple of questions. And uh, I think it's it's good for us to work this backwards just in this, this podcast format. The questions we're going to ask are what what's going on inside of a person when Something that should like pull out adrenaline, like cause you to burst awake, whatever. Uh, it's the moment when the fire alarm goes off in the middle of the night, but you just roll over and go to sleep. Or the moment when a child has a disaster and you just ignore it. Whatever those things. There are lots of examples of that. But the question is not a moment of like, share your story of when you leapt into action when adrenaline hit. But the story is what's going on inside of a person when they don't leap into action? And uh, I think it'll be interesting to hear that people would, you know, talk about you know, maybe they just don't understand, or maybe they, uh, maybe there's some 
mental illness or maybe whatever those it's like there's a lot of chaos in that and this is the moment for the disciples that they didn't leap into action when they should have and what a great moment to go those idiots and then to just like what greg what you were saying is that oh i have issues i am one of those idiots yeah i have issues it's me yeah, yeah. and zach you wrote this question too that i think is important too to think about have empathy moment you know, what is it, what would it be like when your parents don't show up to your wedding? What is it like when uh, your best friends uh, don't acknowledge that it's your birthday? It's, yeah. it's, it's Zach's birthday today. Ooh, happy happy birthday! birthday. <laughs> we acknowledge it. We're here for you. <laughs> what, what, what is now, it? if you guys could go sleep in the corner while I pray. <laughs> but to think about the weight of uh, no call, no show. Yeah. Um, somebody that should show. And uh, was that, that had to be a part of Jesus' experience as well. He comes back three times in the Matthew narrative. Three times. Yeah. You idiots. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Jesus is much nicer than I would have been. Yeah. Well, I just imagine, you know, having a friend for three years, as Jewish culture and rabbis go, these disciples were the closest anyone could be to somebody, to Jesus, for three years. And it's like if if I had a wedding and I had a best man and uh, we get to wedding day and he just gets there and then decides to take a nap during the ceremony. Yeah. He's there, but he's not actually there. That would be really frustrating, yeah. more than frustrating. I'd be angry. I'd be Bill O'Reilly mad. <laughs> and we, you know... Oftentimes we don't think that way, but yeah, think about birthday parties, even being a kid, like having a performance you've prepared for a long time for this thing and your parent just doesn't show up. What a bad moment. And we just loop back to uh, Greg's thought, loop back to this, all of our conversation is that in the midst of their just painful failing of not getting it, uh, it wasn't the end of their story. They still had invitation to be involved. And that's where we're going to really wrap up today is, or this on this Sunday, just thinking about this is a, a moment of waiting, listening, getting response, and then really asking the question, so now what? But the, the difference in the now what question is not a moment to say, all right, what are you going to do? Which is the easiest, but rather, uh, how are you going to wait? How do you respond? What's the appropriate response? What is Jesus asking you to change internally? Hmm. And uh, that's that would be very, it's very antithesis of like the, the modern Christian response is everything external. But we're going to ask for internal. And so anyway, thanks for listening to this. I hope that this has been beneficial to, to hear a little bit behind the message where, again, we're we're struggling with these things. Uh, it's very easy to teach and to tell people what to do. It's really hard to listen to what God is asking or nudging us to do internally. And, and we're excited about the book of Matthew, and I'm actually really excited to be done with it. But um, <laughs> this recurring theme of internal change is, is heavy. And I don't think that most of the time, apparently because of the repetition of Matthew, I think most of the time we don't really get that. And so thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. If this is value to you, uh, like us, share it, subscribe, and uh, we'll do it again. All right. See you next week.